couple years down the road, um, you start taking on a new little side project. You're going to make your own hot sauce. Okay. You know what I mean? Like you're like, I'm going to try to uh, make and bottle and market and sell my own hot sauce. What made me want to do this? I'm not a cook or anything. No, you saw uh, you saw a really inspiring video on uh, on Twitter. It was like one of those like motivational entrepreneur guys. What was the na- What was the Twitter handle? Uh, at Early Bird Glenn. <laughs> is is that the that's the name of the guy? That's like the video series. It's Early Bird Glenn. His real name is uh, <laughs> Glenjamin. <laughs> no, it isn't. Yeah, his real name is Glenjamin. No one's named that. His name is Glenjamin Franklin. And he goes by Early Bird Glenn. And he's just like this fucking entrepreneur who gets people pumped, dude. He's like very positive. And he's like, you need to you need to be the early bird. You need to be like Glenn. Okay. And he's like really like, you've been really into him. And you're like, I fucking do need to be more like Glenn. Am I making the improvements in my life? Uh, the, the first thing is like, you're going to take complete ownership of this hot sauce idea. You've been, you've been, uh, really into hot sauce lately. Yeah. The hotter, the better. All right. You had one. It was a, a ghost pepper hot sauce. It was like a, it was like ghost pepper. It was like, a like a really exclusive ghost pepper hot sauce. They're like, this is the. 15th hottest hot sauce in the world and a ghost pepper a couple other things in it uh, things that i don't frankly understand and you used to take it and you used to just close the close your door you'd lock the door to your apartment <laughs> you'd make what? sure you'd make sure all your roommates were gone you'd lock the door to your apartment draw the shades turn all the lights off go into your room you got blackout curtains. You bought them from uh, bestblackoutcurtains.net. They're the best blackout curtains you've ever had. Like, light doesn't even think about coming anywhere near that. Nothing gets in. You light a single candle in the middle of the room. It's unscented. And then you crack open that ghost pepper hot sauce. What the fuck? You take out a little, like, eyedropper, and you just get some... <laughs> In the eyedropper, and then uh, you put on a pure mood CD, Ugh. and you just drip that ghost pepper hot sauce all over your chest. Oh my god! So you've been like really into hot sauce lately. So you decide that I'm gonna make is so fucking terrible. I'm just telling you what happens. So you're like, I'm gonna make my own. I'm gonna make my own line of hot sauce, and you you uh, do a lot of research on it. You start with like making like little batches of things, uh, trying to you know you're you're. You're giving it to friends, like getting feedback from people, uh, and you're getting a lot of really good feedback. Things are going pretty well. But because of all like the spicy food that you've eaten, it's kind of taking a toll on your on your gut. You just feel like really bad. Like you're like, I need to go see a doctor. You go to a doctor and they're like, they go, look, Pat, uh, well, you have appendicitis. Like you need an appendectomy like right away. Like you need to go get this done ASAP. So it's, like, it's pretty fucking serious. Like this could be like if this isn't taken care of as soon as possible, like who knows what could happen? Wow. Okay. So you leave the hospital. You're like, I don't know. 
I've got a, it's like a it's like a big thing to have done. You need to like at least like prepare, you know, your your life for being in the hospital for a few days. So you like go home, you look up how much an appendectomy costs. You're like Jesus, I can't afford it. You don't have health insurance. <laughs> Why not? They kicked you off of it. For what? Uh, you were abusing prescription drugs. What do you mean? What? Which ones? Um, you broke your leg in a car accident. Wow! Like the year before, it was a pretty bad car accident. What? What happened? You got t-boned. Like a a cop car just ran through a cop car. Yeah, it was a cop car. The cop uh, like t-boned your car, and then he got out, and he looked around. He goes, "Oh fuck!" And he took off like his whole uniform, left it in the car, and just ran away. They never caught him. What was his name? Uh, I, I don't know. You know, <laughs> they hold on. The cops didn't know. I mean, the cops, the cops know his name. They didn't release that to the public. They wouldn't tell you know everybody that. Not a cop. So it's the blue shield, man. Yeah, but you end up like winning a little bit of blue money. You get silence. you get a new car. You know they they uh they take care of like most of your medical bills, but it does pretty much like wipe out your savings. That and like this new hot sauce thing, you're you're really dipping into your funds. So you're like looking around, you're getting other estimates for uh for an appendectomy. And you call uh this one place and they're like, Hey, we can do appendectomies uh for way cheaper than everybody else. We got a guy here, he's the best uh appendectomy he's the guy's like, What's he called? And you hear somebody on the other end go, I, I don't really know. So they there's like a word for it, I guess, is kind of what they explain to you. He's an appendectomy doctor, basically. That's all he does. And he goes, look, he's got an appendectomy studio, they call it, because they want you to feel at home when you're there. And you can go in there and get like a, it's basically like a discounted rate surgery. They'll offer you like a payment plan to where you only have to pay like a hundred bucks a month for the first two years. Then you can end up paying it off within like two years after that. They're pretty reasonable. You like check this guy out online. He's got a, like great reviews. People seem to love him. They're like, yeah, it's just weird. It's just like way cheaper than anything else especially if you don't have insurance okay so you look at this you're like okay whatever it's everything seems fine so you go in you get the appendectomy uh scheduled right you go in to meet the doctor you're there the day of and the nurse comes in and she like shaves your belly no where they're gonna well they have to do that where they're gonna cut on you i know but you saying know? shaves my belly that's what she says when she comes in oh god that's she comes, so creepy she, she comes in she goes ding dong oh right? and she walks in and she goes hey sweetie here to shave your belly all right so, that sucks my toes would curl and not in a, a good way you look at her and you feel like her toes are curling too Oh, no. You know what I mean? But you're just not sure why. But you just have that distinct feeling <laughs> Wait, that there's two sets of toes curling at the same time. Do we have a connection or something? Uh, I mean, kind of. It's not one that you want. But, you know, you oh, like okay. there is something inside of you that's like drawn to this woman. So <laughs> okay. all right. She shaves her belly. Right. She goes, see you later. And she walks out. You wait like another 10 minutes. And then the doctor who's going to do the surgery, the appendectomy doctor comes in what's his name uh he goes hey your name is rick silverton okay he's got a single silver streak of hair (laughs) he has dark brown hair but there's just a single like streak right down the middle of his head of silver hair and it's just a coincidence that his last name is silverton yeah Mm. But that's silver. Yeah. It's the most silver looking thing you've ever seen. 
when you look at it, you swear it shines a little bit. How, okay. How could I know that? How could I know it's the most... I look at it and I think to myself, yeah, you, there it is. The say, most silver thing I've ever seen. You say to yourself in your in your own like internal monologue, you're like, man, I don't know if this is just like the uh the anesthesia, the you know, the whatever the drugs they gave me or what, but that is the most silver thing I think I've ever seen in my life. That is unbelievable. Okay. At the same time that happens, there's like a TV on in the hospital room and an infomercial pops on and it's like this is the most pure silver coin ever mass produced oh, and you look up at it and it can't fucking touch how silver this hair is wow that's really something so he comes in and he introduces himself he goes rick dr rick silverson silverton uh he goes i'm going to be performing your appendectomy today nice to meet you sir and he takes a look and he goes okay your belly's been shaved oh and you see he checks uh a box on a paper and then he flips the whole paper over and the only thing on it uh it was just a, it said shave belly question mark <laughs> and there was a box he goes uh-huh and he like licks his finger and he thumbs through them he goes, just wanted to let you know be here. To, if you have any questions, you know, now's the time to ask. We should be we should be done here pretty shortly. You know, we'll give you a day to recover and you know make sure everything looks good on the way out. Uh I'd probably ask how painful the recovery process would be. Because it won't be very painful. You'll be limited kind of range of motion. We'll have to cover, you know, the the uh the the incision. But you you should feel good as new in just a couple of days outside of like a surface level pain. Who's we'll be able to manage who's all who's covering it. the my job? While I'm gone, uh, your assistant manager. What's their name? Charlotte Pilk. What's Charlotte Steele? Uh, she's a she's a new comic in town. She's pretty funny. She does do this weird thing that you don't do though. She um, she brings her uh her grandparents in and she has them behind the bar and they're just making tamales. <laughs> what? Yeah. So she's like there behind the bar, like tenant bar. Her, her parents are there just making tamales. You guys are serving tamales. It's fucking great, dude. It gets, <laughs> it gets written up in Bon Appetit. Hold, hold the, on. Where do they stand? Huh? There's not a lot. Oh, okay. I, I, I think I knew what it's. Never mind. Sorry. They, they stand uh, over by the, the mirror. And they, they just fucking whip up tamales all night, dude. Bon Appetit writes it up as the the best new restaurant in the United States. It's fucking crazy. You guys are sold out for months. Really? Like, yeah, people aren't really there to see comedy. They're more to eat the tamales. But you know what? You're like determined to make it work. Do they stick around for the show? Yeah, they, they stick around for the show. Are they into it? Yeah, they're, that's okay. Some people, I mean, some people more than others, you know? Okay. But Charlotte Pilk is managing the Velveeta Room. I mean, it sounds like they should just start their own business with tamales. You've but- told them that, and honestly, they get kind of pissed. <laughs> and you're like, hey, what? you guys should do your own place. And they're like, Pat, like, what are you talking about? Like, we have a great thing here. Are you kicking us out? No, no, no. I'm just. They get kind of defensive, and you, no, just, you just no, leave it alone. No, no, no. Because those tamales are so good. But so Charlotte's covering. What are the grandparents' names? Uh, Her name is Julia. And his name is uh, Carlos. Julian Carlos Pilk. Yeah. The Pilks. Seem like decent people, I guess. They're great folks. Okay. They're so, yeah. So the Vel's in good hands. Vel's in good hands. 
All right. I, I said, doctor, all right. Uh, no, I don't have any more questions. He goes, great. Well, we'll, uh, we'll have you in there in a couple minutes and I'll see you on the other side, brother. Okay. <laughs> and he like puts a hand out like he wants you to shake hands like, <laughs> like a bro style. Do you shake his hands? Yeah, I do. You shake his hands bro style. And you just like, you just feel like totally comfortable. You're like, I'm going to, I'm in, I'm in good hands here. All right. I'm going to be a okay. That's cool. So he leaves. Eventually the, uh, they come in, they put you under, they wheel you into the OR. Surgery goes just fine. Right. The next day you kind of like wake up, recover. They clean your, your, your scar up. You know, they, there's the incision. They make sure everything's okay. Uh, even you go home the day after that, you know, you're, you're good to go. About a week after the surgery, you're laying in bed one night and you're like getting, you don't have anything going on the next day. It's 1158. And is my body like pretty much healed? I mean, as much as it's going to, you know what I mean? Like you obviously like a, the, the incision has to heal. There's like, it's like sutured together and though the stitches will just like come out on their own, but you don't have to do a whole lot there. It's not like a big thing. It's just getting used to what your body feels like now after everything like shifts around because your uh, appendix, your swollen bursting appendix is gone. Okay. The doctor told you that it was the most swollen appendix he'd ever seen. Really? Yeah. He goes, look, dude, I think we might have a winner here. <laughs> <laughs> a winner? Yeah. He goes, yeah, dude. He goes, can I keep this? Yeah. He, he goes, are you fucking kidding me? He pulls out a Sharpie. He has you sign the appendix. And he goes, this is a winner, guys. And you see him, like, leave the room as they, like, wheel. This is this is before this is before you left the hospital. They took you back, like, they were taking you out of the OR into your room. And you see him, like, walk by the nurse's station. They've got a big, like, uh, there's, like, a big uh, tally board. And he, there's a scale hanging from it. And they, they weigh your appendix. And he goes... <laughs> Boom! He goes, this was an eight-pound appendix. It was the so, biggest man, appendix. So he's just walking around with my appendix. Yeah. And, and he confronts me with it, and I'm not weirded out. I, just, I don't know. You said... I no, guess... Okay, you whatever. Know, you signed it. You Am I still, like, loopy from the... I mean, a little bit. Okay, you know? I guess I probably wouldn't think much of it then. Yeah. So he ends up, like... Uh, the Guinness Book of Records comes over. It's the world's biggest appendix. It's a whole thing. You get no credit. So... <laughs> Why? You just don't. You signed everything away. What does he get? $150,000. Wow, that <laughs> fucking sucks. He sold your appendix to uh, the Museum of Modern Art. He called it bursting with pleasure. Oh, God. Yeah. The Museum of Modern Art buys it for $150,000. It travels the globe. What's people's response to it? They love it. It's so avant-garde. A lady has a religious experience when she's there. She swears she sees Christ in it and goes to like run at it. Security tackles her. She gets thrown in jail for a year. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. People don't fuck around when they go see. Does anyone like bursting with pleasure? Does anyone? <laughs> does anyone believe me when I tell them that's that's mine? No. You know what? That's not a big deal. I guess I would just I would have a quiet knowledge. Yeah. Just a funny little thing about me. Yeah. That I could tell. You know my my grandkids. Sure. I mean they they don't believe you either. They wouldn't believe you at all. So that's like way in the future. <laughs> but like a week after they make that incision, like a week after you get out, you know, 
You're laying in bed. You're getting ready to go to sleep. As soon as the clock the clock rolls to twelve, you see like a bright red beep, like a flash coming from inside your stomach. So bright that it illuminates your dark room. What would you do? I would. Um, I think I would just lay very still. Yeah. And look at the light. I think that would that would bother me on a very profound level. Yeah. I would just stare at it and I would try not to move. It stays on. I would touch it. When you touch it, you feel like just like a, a low hum. Okay. Almost like like less than like a phone vibrating, like All significantly right. um, less. Yeah. I think I would I would call the hospital. So you call the hospital. You ask for the. Does it hurt? No. It almost feels good in a way. All right. You ask for the surgeon. Yeah. He gets on the phone. He goes, "Hey, how's it going? What's up, brother?" Uh, I'm not doing too good. Uh, so underneath that incision you made, uh-huh. uh, it's glowing yellow. Yeah. Hmm. It's okay. Interesting. Uh, it's late. He goes, "I'm I'm heading out of here." No, you're not. I'm coming into the hospital. You have to help me. Where do you live? I I go. I live on the east side of town. He he like pulls your chart up. He goes, "Okay, I got your chart right here." He goes, "Don't move. I'll see you in just a minute." So you hear like uh, you're laying in bed. You hear a knock on your door. What do you do? I shout, "Who is it?" He goes, "It's me." Okay, okay. I'll, I'll, I'll then I go and open. He the goes, door. Don't move. Okay, what do you want me to do? He goes, Do you give me consent to come in? Yes. He picks your lock immediately. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. Really? He's in in like <laughs> two seconds. He, he goes, Hands like these are so precise. Oh, geez. He's been subscribing to uh, Lock Picker Monthly. What? Yeah, it's a it's a monthly publication geared towards people who are really into picking locks. Every uh, every month they review they have their doorknob of the month. It's what what new doorknob <sighs> just came on the market and how to fucking pick it, dude. Doorknob of the month. Yeah, it's a pretty underground magazine because they're basically telling people how to break into other people's homes. Yeah, that you know that honestly is kind of cool. They have I a readership that's... of forty five thousand people. Forty five thousand. Yeah, dude. Every one of them. It's a criminal. God damn. Or, or is just robbery just on the rise? How is this legal? Nobody catches them. So it's an illegal underground magazine. Yeah, called Lockpicker Monthly. Okay. So he's like, yeah, no problem. I was in Lickety Split. Yeah. He puts his lockpick tools away. He comes in. He pulls your shirt up. He goes, let's see your belly. Okay. And he pulls your shirt up. Yeah. And he goes, oh, it is glowing. And he goes, look, uh, I haven't been totally honest with you, Pat. What? He goes, my brother died six months ago. I'm sorry to hear that. He goes, thank you. He'd appreciate that. He goes, but I kept his finger whole. I managed to keep it. For what possible reason? He looks down at you and he pulls off his mustache. What? He pulls off. A, he has a mustache. He pulls it off to reveal a silver mustache underneath it. Got and he goes, look, I'm not, I'm not, a, I'm not a surgeon. Like I, I'm a surgeon, but I, I'm not in that anymore. He goes, 
My brother and I robbed several banks. What the two fuck? Two years ago. He died six months ago. And we've got $100 million in a storage unit in Hot Springs, Arkansas. What is going on? He goes, we need that finger to get in. It's a fingerprint lock that gets us into this $100 million storage unit. And you have the finger? You saved the finger? I put it inside your appendix. Okay, why would you do that? Why would I, had to, I had to do it, Pat. He goes, people are on to me. People are asking questions. I had to get out of there. People are asking questions? He goes, yeah, people are asking questions. And he like runs his hand through his hair. And when he does, his hair changes from that brown to just, it's all fucking silver. Oh, shit. It just, it just like a phase switch. It just, oh, it just no. happens. It's the most silver hair you've ever fucking just seen. Just like the streak earlier. Yeah. Fuck. All right. So you're a surgeon then or you're not? He goes, I am. He goes, I need your help. He goes, we can go right now to Hot Springs, Arkansas. You come with me. We'll get there. We'll pop that thing out of you. We'll walk away with some cash. I don't know if I can trust you. He goes, you just have to, Pat. I don't know what else to tell you. How else are you going to get this out of here? Fuck it. Let's do it. You agree. You booked the first flight to Hot Springs, Arkansas. He's like, hey, I'm kind of short on cash. Can you get it? <laughs> How much are the plane tickets? Uh, $847 for two round trips. Oh, my God. Yeah. Okay. So you get it. I tell him it's coming out of his He goes. Cut. He goes, yeah, it's okay. Okay, I, I got it. Okay, we'll take care of it. He rolls his eyes. He goes, you give a guy millions of dollars. He's going to fucking 800. You know, fuck you. You guys Jeez. have like a clearly contentious relationship. <laughs> you guys land in Hot Springs. You guys, uh, he's like, hey, can you get the cat? I Once again, you know, I'm hurting for cash that okay yeah you get the cab i got it you guys go in the middle of the night to a small <laughs> self-storage unit on the yeah. edge of town yeah he's got a bag with him like a doctor's bag you guys go in the very far back corner away from where everybody can see there's a unit back there you walk up he goes this is it he goes lay on the ground all right, I do it. He goes, let me see your belly. I show him. You pull your shirt up. You feel just the cold, wet concrete on your back. It uh. shocks you a little bit. And you go, ooh. Oh, oh, God. He sees you. <laughs> and he just kind of like, a, he's just like a small smile, just kind of like curls up on his lip. That is, okay. And he goes, he, he reaches into his bag and he uh, pulls out like a syringe and a vial. He injects like local anesthetic. And he cuts you open. He pulls out like a fleshy mass. And he removes from the center of it a finger wrapped in like plastic. He sews you back up. You can hardly feel a thing. He goes, it's going to hurt for a couple of days. He goes, you know, obviously we can't tell anybody. He goes, but you'll, you'll deal with it. Trust me, I'll make it worth your while. He goes, you would do the honors? He holds up his brother's finger. <laughs> you, yeah sure so you press his brother's finger to the the fingerprint lock he puts his on there yeah the lock turns green the door opens sitting in this 
storage unit are just bars upon bars of gold. Holy shit. More than you've ever seen. Like something like what you see out of a movie. He goes, yeah, we got this off some family out West. He goes, can you believe it? He goes, these, these things have been around since the 1800s. Jeez. So he, um, he breaks into one of the, the trucks they have there for the yeah. storage units. Once again, He's a hell of a lockpick, you know. <laughs> he breaks into this truck. You guys spend hours loading these bricks in there. It takes you a long time. Eventually, your your stitches kind of tear open and it hurts a lot, but you just power through. Over the course of the night, nobody sees you. You guys work through dawn. You guys load this thing up with gold bars. He drives you to your house. Can we do? Uh, uh, here's what I do before mm-hmm. we leave. I do that bit where you just leave one gold bar he goes no what no come on he goes uh, he goes no no i'm not my brother died for that gold bar he goes you want to you want to do this you want to do this he goes into the cab of the truck and he like looks around he finds a there's a box there's a little uh, pad of construction paper on the floor and he pulls out a box of crayons that he finds in the glove box and he goes here make a fucking gold bar you goddamn baby Okay, you know what? Fine, I'll take the gold bar. I he was make a gold bar. What? He was make a gold bar. Sit down and make me a fucking gold bar. Fine. I this guy, cool. I do it. So he just fucking stares at you while you draw a gold bar. He goes, "This looks like shit." He wads it up and he eats it. He goes, "Let's get the fuck out of here." <laughs> okay. So you guys leave. He drives you back home. He unloads. $10 million worth of gold bars into your fucking house into your apartment. You guys spend an hour doing it once again, middle of the night, nobody sees you. And then he leaves. What do you do the next day? I probably go on the internet and research how to turn gold into cash. You go to cashforgold.com. That's the first place you go. Okay. And they, they're they're like, uh, hey, cashforgold.com. It says, uh, Mike, how much you got? And you tell him, and he just goes, fuck you, and he hangs up. Okay. So you start, like, looking around. You, uh, I, Okay, here's what I'd do. I'd find these places that exchange gold for money. Uh-huh. I would do very small amounts. Not small, but you know what I mean. Uh, I would do several different transactions at several mm-hmm. different gold places. To not attract attention. I can't unload $10 million worth. So you find there, there's a place online that says, um, trade your gold in for cold, hard cash. <laughs> it's called it's called gold for cold. Oh, God. And uh, that their commercial is so stupid. Their commercial is just like a real sleazy guy who's like, hey, <laughs> turn your gold into cold, hard cash. He's wearing like a like a like a leisure suit. He goes any amount. We won't tell. And he winks at the camera. <laughs> this guy sounds sleazy. He goes located in the what? Softville Mall. Oh no! What's his name? He goes I'm crazy fucking Dan. Holy shit! I'm going to Softville, baby. I'm meeting crazy fucking Dan. You follow Black Star to Softville. <laughs> You go, you go to the Softville Mall. 
Yeah. Cash for cold is there. You walk inside. There's crazy fucking Dan. Wow. He's just chewing. He's a in piece, the he's store? chewing a piece of gum hard, dude. <laughs> he's chewing a piece of gum so fucking hard. Yeah. And yeah, uh, he goes, "Hey, what do you got?" You tell him. I go, "Hey, I have ten million dollars of gold." He goes, "How'd you get ten million dollars of gold?" I thought your business was based on discretion, sir. He goes, I mean, I'm just curious. He goes, that's a lot of gold I got to give you for all that gold. I can back I can back up my gold, sir. He goes, how? I mean, I, I mean, I can mean I can back up my claims. You show him a picture, yeah, of the gold bars. He like takes your phone and like looks at it and like zooms in on them. He goes, those look real. He goes, I'll tell you what. Let me uh let me call my manager real quick. And he walks up to the front of the store and he hits a button and shades lower. He's a manager? Yeah. <laughs> That's fucking weird. Yeah. He goes, I'm just a face. He goes, I'm trying to, <laughs> you know, I'm trying to learn the biz. Okay. Sure. So All the right, shades lower. Yeah. He goes, I'll be right back. He walks in the back office and he's back there for like five minutes. You're sitting down at his desk and for a split second, you just smell like chocolate on the air you're like man it smells like just like chocolate for a second you almost hear the sounds of running water like you're by a bay okay you hear uh, like seagulls (laughs) what the muzak comes on and it's like like 60s rock. What is going on? Just you're just hearing this and you're all these sensory things wow. are going on. And you stand up and turn around and there's a man in front of you. He's wearing a long red robe with gold trim. He's got little logos all over his his robe. Yeah. There's little ovals that say SF in the middle of it. <laughs> and he says, "Hey Pat, I'm the wizard of San Francisco. He goes, and I believe you have something that belongs to me. Who the fuck are you? Because I'm the wizard. I heard of you. San that Francisco. means that means nothing to me. He goes, you know why they call them the San Francisco 49ers, Pat? It's because of the gold rush. I baby. know. He goes, and you have something that belongs to me. And he steps closer to you and you just smell that fucking chocolate. Yeah. Like you're, they, they say that Alcatraz, the worst part about being imprisoned on Alcatraz is that it was downwind from the Ghirardelli chocolate factory and it drove the inmates wild. And you have that exact sensation where infinite pleasure is just outside of your reach. Okay. Here's what <laughs> really some, okay. I look at him and I go, no, I don't. It belongs to me. I'm standing up for myself. Fuck that. He goes, Pat, that gold was stolen from me. That gold is mine. What if I gave you half? He laughs at you. Spits on the ground. A daisy grows out of it. <laughs> it's the whitest daisy <laughs> you've ever fucking seen. <laughs> It almost turns and looks at you. 
okay, look, I look at him and I go, dude, it's not going to happen. We're going to have a problem, you and me. He goes, we're going to have a problem. Give me back my gold. Every single bar. I look at him in the eye. I say, go fuck yourself. And I run. As soon as you like turn and look and make the conscious decision that you're going to confront him. As soon as you say, go fuck yourself. As soon as the FU portion comes out, he pulls out a handful of daisies and he jams them into your open mouth. What? He then pulls out two more and he jams them into your eyes. Oh. And two more into your ears. And then uh, he lights them all on fire. They slowly burn and your head no, no. smoke and your head just expands and expands and expands. <laughs> and as soon as they burn down all the way, your head just explodes. Holy fuck. <laughs> your head just explodes. Oh, my God. <laughs> That's so violent. Yeah, he fucking killed you. And uh, as he walks out, he goes, hey, uh, I got his phone. I'm just going to thanks for the heads up. And he walks out and he hits the button. The shades rise up. You fucking die. He takes your gold. He kills that surgeon immediately. You know what? I tried to sell the gold back to the people I stole it from. For that- cold, hard cash. <laughs> gold for cold. Fuck, man. The, that- wizard, the wizard of San Francisco. Yeah. Fuck, that's Batman. That is a hell of an end. <laughs> you fucking died. I know.